Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. The Wednesday Night Wars are officially coming to an end. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Last night was WWE Monday Night Raw, but before we get into that, Let's check out our news. WWE confirms NXT is moving to Tuesday night. You might be saying, Jaden, this news came out at 9 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. Usually you record these on Monday nights. What happened? Well, I got my COVID vaccine shot uh, Monday before Raw and then watched Raw, realized how bad I hated that episode of Monday Night Raw. I needed to go to bed. So... I took that night, and now I'm recording it for you here. Uh, this I'm recording this around 10.30 in the morning right now. And uh, that episode of Raw was so rancid, so bad, I think I needed to sleep it off. And uh, along with the COVID shot, I needed to sleep it off as well. But huge news coming on Tuesday morning. And uh, this actually uh, reported earlier in the month, but until today, WWE has not commented on the reports or confirmed whether or not uh, the change is going to be taking place uh, in the next month or how long way it was going to be if the change was even going to happen at all wwe had no comments on it it was just rumors floating about and now the rumors are official that wwe nxt is moving to tuesday nights uh, this will spell the end of the wednesday night wars with nxt and AEW now running unopposed to one another on tuesday and wednesday nights respectively uh, which should see a viewership increase for both you know you you i would be watching nxt i watch both shows but one has to be recorded so for a average fan a person that wants to watch nxt but watches AEW instead and might not watch nxt later now they get to watch both one on tuesday night and one on wednesday night so viewership should be going up no matter what for both shows and if one doesn't then that's a real big problem but uh, viewership should definitely be going up for both shows I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later on what it means more as a wrestling fan uh, for the Wednesday Night Wars to be over, even though uh, this might have just been the battle to continue the rest of the war. In our next piece of news, Rob Van Dam announced for the 2021 WWE Hall of Fame. WWE announced that ECW icon and former WWE champion will be going into the WWE Hall of Fame next month. Van Dam built his name in ECW from 1996 to 2001, becoming the most recognizable face in the company before its end. He joined WWE as a part of the Invasion Angle in 2001 and stuck with the company with his initial run until 2007, winning the WWE Championship and revived ECW World Head championship one time the ceremony which is set to take place tuesday april 6th will also see eric bischoff molly holly kane the great Kali, and the 2020 class honored with inductions from uh the wwe into the wwe hall of fame impact star injured for six months eric young has recently discussed his absence from wrestling and revealed that he's injured and will be out of action for at least six months young revealed that during the last set of tv tapings he tore his acl young explained that 
he has has to have surgery before he's even able to think about returning to the ring. Get well soon, Eric Young. From everyone here at the Daily DDT family, he's been doing great things with Violent by Design. And we're even going to see him on an episode of Impact uh, tonight facing James Storm. There's no word if he got injured then or in because in, they tape these in bulk. So it could have been this match. It could have been another match. It could have been... Uh, we have no clue yet on what match it was where he got injured. But uh, just know that after this set of tapings that Eric Young is on, as soon as you start to see him fade away, he's probably going to be away for another six, seven, eight, maybe even possibly nine months. But Eric Young has the goal of being back in six months. We're going to get right into our show review for last night's rancid Monday Night Raw, but first let's thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. The Monday Night Raw that put me to sleep uh, last night. Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business Open. Uh, they reannounced a generous offer for whoever takes out McIntyre before Mania gets a title match at Mania against Bobby Lashley. Lashley yells at Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin for failing him last week. The Hurt Business actually get into a brawl with Lashley attacking both Alexander and Benjamin uh, for Alexander and Benjamin pushing MVP. The Hurt Business is officially over. Just like that. Just like that. No no extra bill, nothing there to, to really, you know, cause any more dissension. Just up that going into WrestleMania. I don't think this is the smartest move given that after all the work you put in to building that hurt business to end it before WrestleMania when you could have shown them off on the grandest stage possible and then ended it after, I think that would have been fine. But for them to end before Mania doesn't make much sense to me because that, if anything, that that is the best one of the best things to come from 2020 and the years the the year of uh, from WrestleMania 36 to WrestleMania 37 is that one of the best things to come out of that is the is the Hurt Business and for them that to not be shown off at WrestleMania I think it's a little bit disappointing but also I'm disappointed how it just ended just like that you know the this could have built into something more especially like, I'm I'm curious now what's gonna happen to Cedric. Alexander, what's going to happen to Selton Benjamin, given all the work that they put in, they really should see some growth come out of that other than that Raw Tag Team Championship reign. I want to see a better singles run from Cedric Alexander as well. And I think in perfect uh, metaphor, what ended up happening on Monday Night Raw is that they accidentally put uh, a, the main event graphic as if um, as if, they, if we were watching main event instead of Monday Night Raw. And I think that's just perfect metaphor for where Cedric Alexander is probably going to go after the Hurt Business back to main event. You know, he's going to be on a show that no one cares about. And that's it. You know, It's honestly a shame. It's honestly a shame. And it could be metaphoric. It could be not. It could be overanalyzing that. But I think uh, <laughs> it's just a, a sad coincidence. And, and I'm just hoping for the best for Alexander, given all the work that he's put in with this Hurt Business squad. 
in, a, in our first match of the night, Sheamus versus Riddle. Uh, MVP on commentary throughout the whole show on this one after that first segment. Uh, there was no Samoa Joe. There's no word why Samoa Joe was not there. But uh, Samoa Joe just not on commentary on this episode of Monday Night Raw. But MVP taking his place and did a pretty good job throughout the show. I will say that. Uh, Sheamus dominant when brawling. Riddle dominant on the ground game. Riddle connects with a... Uh, floating bro, Dublin smile by Sheamus, Riddle attacking together offense, but not enough uh, with white noise onto the apron, a knee strike from Sheamus giving him the win, and making him look real, real strong, defeating the United States champion, not even with the bro kick, but with a knee strike, Riddle attacks Sheamus after the match, a very babyface move of of uh, Riddle there, attacking the heel after the match, just makes no sense to me, uh, what Matt Riddle is even doing with this United States Championship, I think you could almost confirm, you could almost, like, without a shadow of a doubt, I think Sheamus is going to be the next United States Champion, or whoever faces Riddle next, which is going to be Sheamus at WrestleMania for the United States Championship, I think Sheamus has this in the bag already, especially with all the matches that Sheamus put on with McIntyre, he deserves a singles run, Riddle has done nothing with it, and if anything has been pretty bad with the United States Championship, they've given him a lot of TV time, Riddle, I will say that, but... You know, we're talking about a Monday Night Raw ran by Vince. Vince likes Riddle, but I think and after this episode, he might have been disrespected by Riddle in this sense. But given the way in a backstage segment with Riddle and Asuka, uh, Riddle forgot his lines live on television and just walked off camera, leaving Asuka there to hang and dry. So I think this is the end of the line for Riddle with the United States Championship, where it goes on next for him. I have no clue. I'm never going to deny Riddle's in-ring talent. He definitely has it, and he's able to uh, be one of the best in-ring talent out there. But this could be a way of turning him heel. But at the same time, if you're turning a person heel... Uh, you have to make sure they're doing great promo work as well, and for him to forget his lines there, and for it to be so bluntly obvious, it was a, it was a shame. It was a shame. Uh, Shane McMahon uh, drops an expose on Braun Strowman. You can start seeing why in the first uh, three segments of the episode of Raw. Why I just can't anymore <laughs> with Monday Night Raw. It really, is getting to a point where. It's kind of upsetting. Uh, believes that he ran away because of adrenaline Shane McMahon did last week. Uh, you know he had the in knee injury, but the only reason he ran away because of that knee injury is because uh, he had the adrenaline in his bones and his body allowing him to run away. Uh, Shane McMahon shows a report card from Braun Strowman as a kid. And funny enough, Strowman didn't fail any of the classes on the fake report card that, that Shane McMahon show, showed. So in my mind, when I actually look at that report card, I sort of commend like, Braun Strowman, like, good job. Like, even, even though obviously you're struggling in school, you're still working hard enough and, you know, you might not be the best at school, but you're working hard enough to pass all your classes. Good for you, Braun Strowman, if that's the, the narrative they want to go with. You know, it's like, oh, lucky you got all the D's and D minuses and, you know, but never failed the class in, in that of report card. So good for him. If you're going to, if you're going to give me that, if you're going to give, if it's a fake report card, make him fail a class. Like, I don't get it. It's a fake report card. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it blows my mind. Shea McMahon blown up, giving the promo, sweating profusely, lip smacking, heavy breathing, all, all the works. Uh, Strowman enters, McMahon leaves, end of segment, sigh. It's just, it was just bad. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Jackson Riker. 
uh, in a, a match following that sad segment. Strowman Express with the sound effects, of course, that they're not trying to add on. Running Power Slam for the win. Strowman goes for McMahon, who comes back ringside. Elias saves while uh, McMahon runs away. And Braun Strowman announces a steel cage match for WrestleMania. On paper, it, you know, if the, if the names were different, if the names weren't Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon, a steel cage match at WrestleMania, that's a pretty cool idea. You know, we've seen it a couple times and see now recently it would be pretty cool. And especially the idea with uh, having, you know, outside interferers like Elias and Jackson Riker, you want to keep them away. You had a steel cage, and that sort of ends the feud as it's just going to be one-on-one, you know? That's the type of idea you're going with. We've seen it with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. You know, do you want to keep the guys outside at that, uh, staying outside? Uh, do they stay outside? No, rarely ever happens, but uh, I, on paper, it's a good idea. It's just the execution has been really bad on Monday Night Raw for this to work. Now in our next segment, the dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison. Uh, they vowed to get back at Bad Bunny after being attacked with the guitar last week. At least The Miz was, vows to get back at him. They have a premiere for Hey Hey Hop Hop, which is a like a Latin uh, remix of of you know Hey Hey Ho Ho or some type of idea like that. Uh, the song wasn't good, but it didn't need to be good. And uh, I was honestly happy with that segment out of anything. I know a lot of people that didn't like that segment, but uh, I thought it wasn't terrible the song was a little long i will say that for tv it was a long song for tv uh, they didn't need to have it go that long they could have had it a minute 30 they had it like at three minutes so but i, I like the idea there at least you know it, it's a music guy bad bunny so you you know you, you incorporate that so it makes sense at least in that way uh, bad bunny enters with damian priest after some harsh words were exchanged bad bunny attacks the miz with a nice strong right hand and he made it look great. Miz sold it great. A great, nice right cross by Bad Bunny. And you know what? I'm not too mad about that segment. And if this is if this segment is one of my favorite segments on the show, we have a problem. If if a if a hey hey hop hop premiere is one of my favorite segments on the show, we have a problem Monday Night Raw. In uh, our next segment, Randy Orton cuts a promo. This probably is my favorite segment. Uh, he cuts a very impassioned promo coming from his heart. You can feel it. He said he's blinded by the fact that he wanted the Fiend out of his life so much that he was distracted to see who the Fiend really was. And it was just to realize that the Fiend isn't human. It's a demonic figure from, from hell, he describes it as. Uh, he will dig deep down into the depths of hell to defeat the Fiend, he says, in a great, great promo later on the night Alexa Bliss responds to him uh, Bobby Lashley versus Shelton Benjamin this match was made after the altercation earlier in the night Benjamin jumps the bell but struggles throughout the match uh, Lashley distracted by Alexander Pater by Benjamin leads to a near fall two spine busters from Lashley and a hurt lock to pick up the win so Obviously, they're not going to make Lashley lose you know, on the road to WrestleMania. So to put him in a match against Benjamin not only confirms the end of the Hurt business. You know, we can we see them get back together as maybe uh, MVP makes the argument like, ah, oh, I was on commentary, so I couldn't you know help you guys stick together. But I, I doubt that happens. I'm just I'm just a little upset that they made it happen so soon and so fast because they could have really built something there, launching Alexander into a singles run. Where now I feel like Alexander once again is left in no man's land. The whole point of the Hurt Business was to not leave him in that situation. So even if they were going to break up, which obviously every group breaks up, it's just you, you want them to leave the guys better than you got them. And I don't think they left Alexander better than they, they got them there. You know, better than they got him. 
New Day Game Night is the next segment. I don't even know how to transition into that. The New Day had a game night with uh, AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, Omos in a mauve shirt, which he did mention was his favorite color, so good call back to last week there. Uh, Charades first, the New Day win that round. Styles is hilariously mad, like bumping the microphone against his forehead. I thought that was hilarious. And they did Pictionary, and the New Day win again. Uh, Omos is done playing games and wants to look ahead to WrestleMania. In a match, AJ Styles takes on Xavier Woods. Styles with a strong opening, but a big dive to the outside gives Woods the upper hand. Woods to the top rope, but Omos pulls Styles out of harm's way. Uh, ends in DQ, the match does, as Omos attacks Woods on the apron, and then Omos attacks Kingston and Woods after the match. Omos even throwing Kingston over the barricade from the, the nice camera angle that WWE likes to do. I guess you can call it the Andre camera angle, if you will, where you go from like the waist up and then you shoot up towards the guy's head. So you make him look like a thousand feet tall, like Omos. So, uh, I thought this was a fine match. AJ Styles did a great job. So did Xavier Woods. It was just a game night. It was a little odd, but I think AJ Styles' humor in this one more than the New Day's humor is what made it for me. The fact that Styles was taking it so seriously and he wanted to win so bad had me cracking up. Uh, genuine laughter from that one. Uh, Alexis Playgram. Uh, a segment in response to Randy Orton's promo. Uh, Jack in the Box is so much more than what it seems, according to Alexa Bliss. Uh, after TLC, The Fiend was sent to the Jack in the Box, and at WrestleMania, she said that the legend killer will die. And when Alexa Bliss cranked the Jack in the Box, it popped up, and as the camera faded back, The Fiend, the burnt fiend, was sitting on the swing directly next to Bliss there. And it's nice to see him actually on television, not in the lighting. I think the lighting does him a lot of favors uh, when in the ring, but I want, I really, outside of the pictures of the WrestleMania poster, I want to see him on camera without any awkward lighting and obscuring his look and the full mystique of The Fiend. I just want to see him for him just like, stand there, let me look at you, honestly. And he looks great. He looks really, really good. And, and great, obviously, he looks hideous in the sense of, uh, you know, he's burnt, a burn victim of, of Randy Orton. But the whole look looked absolutely fantastic from uh, from The Fiend. And I couldn't have done a better job with that. Drew McIntyre storms the locker room uh, looking for challenges, begging the lower card to put up a fight. No one wants a, the smoke with uh, Drew McIntyre, if you will, as McIntyre steps up to everyone dropping them. Uh, not really a good way to convince them if you're just going to slam them to the ground. But then he finds Ricochet, and he, they make a match later on for tonight. As Ricochet says, he doesn't take MVP or Bobby Lashley's words seriously, but uh, he will always be up for a fight, especially up against Drew McIntyre. So that match was made for later on the night. We finally get into our first women's segment of the night. Shayna Baszler with Nia Jackson, Reginald taking on Naomi and Lana, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose on commentary. So just throw all the women out there, why not? Uh, Baszler and Naomi trade submission and pinfall attempts. A brawl ensues outside, causing a distraction, allowing Baszler to be pinned. Uh, 2008 booking there for the women's division. And then, uh, pretty much that's all I have to say there. Raw Women's Championship contract signing. Rhea Ripley and Asuka both sign. Uh, Asuka claims that Ripley has borrowed confidence, which I thought was a good quote. And Ripley throws the table at Asuka's face. And Asuka sold it as if it really drilled her in the face. And uh, a <laughs> good, good. I wouldn't say that was a great uh, contract signing, but I did like the quote there by Asuka. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler enter, and then they make a tag team match for next week. Setting up for Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to take on Rhea Ripley and Asuka. I'm officially giving up on the women's tag team division. So, uh, honestly, at this point, I don't even know what to say. 
they, they booked the same thing that they did for SmackDown exactly the same way that they booked it for they booked it for Raw. So I've given up. There's tag teams. The tag team that was there, you know, you have Naomi and Lana. You have Mandy Rose and and Tina Brooke on commentary. You have Riot Squad. I've given up. I've given up. So I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just gonna let this division. I'll I'll, I'll circle back after WrestleMania at this point, but I've, I'm not gonna give it any more attention than it deserves. Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. Match made earlier in the night, as I just mentioned. Uh, Rico- Ricochet being tossed around the ring, with taking great bumps, uh, doing a fantastic job flipping around the ring, making McIntyre look real good. Uh, Ricochet finds an opening, misses the 6.30 splash. McIntyre connects with a brutal Claymore kick for the win. But then Mustafa Ali attacking McIntyre post-match. I didn't expect to see Ali. I will say that that was a surprise, but... Uh, either way, a surprise it may, may be Drew McIntyre versus Mustafa Ali in the following match. So Drew McIntyre going in back-to-back matches. Match made official after Ali dominant off the jump. McIntyre hobbled but still able to toss Ali around the ring. A Glasgow kiss out of midair and a Claymore kick for the win. McIntyre beats the only two lower card guys that we actually care about. Sure, it makes McIntyre look real strong, but you know how does it really make Ricochet and Ali look? The two guys that we actually on the lower card we care about and two guys that are like, oh, we really want to see these guys get a push. We actually want to see these guys get a title run again. But no, they both get uh, destroyed. You know, you couldn't put, throw Drew Gulak and Humberto Carrillo out there, especially after Drew Gulak was, you know, going off on social media. And, and even McIntyre brought that up. You couldn't throw out two guys like that. What are you, what are you saving them for? What are you saving them for? For what? I don't get it. Uh, post-match promo of McIntyre calling out Lashley. Lashley enters and McIntyre says it's dumb to at Mania whether he likes it or not and that Lashley is afraid of McIntyre. Of course, that makes Matt Lashley very angry. The two brawl and sending McIntyre uh, excuse me, McIntyre sends Lashley to the outside. As soon as you think the show is going to fade to, ba- to black, nope, you have been utterly mistaken as King Corbin attacks Drew McIntyre. Of course, King Corbin from Friday Night SmackDown making his way over to Monday Night Raw, maybe the one guy that not a lot of people want to see on any other show other than SmackDown, given the fact that maybe one show is enough for him. You don't need to bounce him around, but nope, here he is on Monday Night Raw aligning himself with... Uh, Bobby Lashley, this is a callback, I guess, to a few years prior where these three were a thing together. But, I don't know. It's just uh, the one guy that they could have brought over. And, uh, weren't a lot of people also expecting Lashley to be the guy to attack McIntyre to bring him down so that they could have uh, McIntyre, they could have Lashley versus Lesnar at Mania? You know, that could have been a thing if you really want to take McIntyre out of the picture. I don't think this does take McIntyre out of the picture at all, given the fact that it's King Corbin. But... Uh, a hurt lock ends the show as McIntyre is laid to waste as the show fades to black. Final grade for this show, giving it a D. Solid D. Maybe I should give it a D minus. Maybe not fail it. Maybe not fail it. Did enough where, you know, from, from a standpoint where they actually put on a show. Yeah, I will say that. But I, I don't like complaining about pro wrestling too much because this is pro wrestling. But we're on the road to WrestleMania. And I'm expecting more from these episodes of Raw, to be honest with you. I'm expecting more from the... I women's tag team division, but I refuse to talk about it anymore until the end of Wrestle after WrestleMania. Uh, and I, I we do see some good things here to take out of it, I guess. As I look through my notes, the Randy Orton promo was good. AJ Styles doing stuff serious from that standpoint was good from the the game show thing. If that's you want to consider that good, I thought the third sheet uh, music segment was okay. Randy Orton promo was great. 
Um, Sheamus versus Riddle it was a good match, but Riddle, I, I think people are kind of getting sick of him. I'm giving this a D. Uh, an, an absolute horrendous Monday Night Raw, you know, and you sit down and you watch three hours of a show. You expect it to be a little bit better, especially if you're taking that much time out of your day to watch an episode of Monday Night Raw. But either way, we're going to head into the break and then talk about some more pressing things, and that is going to be the end of the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT officially making their move to Tuesday nights, and I'm going to be here with you all the way through it. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 30th, 1998, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, WWF fully adopted the WWF Scratch logo. The logo was first introduced in December 1997 and was actually used alongside the New Generation logo until this night, coinciding until 2000. The Scratch logo will be used even after WWF's court-ordered name change to the WWE in 2002 until 2014 when the company adopted the WWE Network logo as its main logo. The logo wasn't the only thing that changed. The WWF introduced a new world championship belt by a new belt maker, J-Mar. J-Mar introduced what is known as the Big Eagle, a blue, later black, strath belt with a large circular centerpiece uh, that then changed into the undisputed uh, championship and then to the spinner belt and then to the scratch logo rock championship and then to the, the pretty much championship that we know today on march 30th 2003 wwe presented wrestlemania 19 from safeco field in seattle washington best known for the undertaker defeating the big show and a train in a handicap match to continue the streak Shawn michaels defeating chris jericho triple h defeating booker t to retain the world heavyweight championship hulk hogan defeating vince mcmahon in a street fight and had hogan lost that match he would have been forced to retire of course uh, the rock defeated stone cold steve austin and then brock lesnar defeating kurt angle to win the wwe championship uh, nearing the end of that match lesnar fell short of a shooting star press and like i have my notes here nearly injured his neck but uh, he did injure his neck he did concuss himself and he almost paralyzed himself from the neck down so the risks of professional wrestling especially if you're brock lesnar landing your 300 plus pound frame on your neck not a good look not a good look on march 30 2008 wwe presented wrestlemania 24 from the citrus bowl in orlando florida one of my first ever wrestlemanias that i watched on a pay-per-view and uh yeah it holds a sweet spot in my childhood uh, best known for CM Punk winning the Money in the Bank ladder match, Shawn Michaels defeating Ric Flair, forcing him to retire from the WWE, Randy Orton defeating John Cena and Triple H in a triple threat match to retain the WWE Championship, and The Undertaker defeating Edge to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Still one of my favorite Undertakers, still one of my favorite Edge matches, may arguably one of my favorite matches of all time as a personal fan, but you know, not up there as one of the best matches of all time, but you know, as from my heart, as my youth, that, that's up there for me. I will say that. Now, let's look at the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. The rumors are officially true. And as I said earlier, I didn't really want to get too deep into the uh, minutiae of bringing up Tuesday Night NXT. Uh, and now with WWE picking uh, the Tuesday after WrestleMania, uh, this will be the new start of the calendar year as well for professional wrestling. Uh, for well, at least for the WWE in that sake, uh, you know, it's a new start, so you might as well start with that as well. And also, other factors involved with the NHL and 
multiple different things with USA uh, still having the rights to NHL, at least for this year, but then things changing going on in the future with NHL moving over to ESPN. So a, a lot of logistics, if you will, but I think NXT making the move saying, all right, we got to get our viewership up again, given and they deserve it, given the fact of how great NXT has been. Uh, for the past few years and it de- deserves that that viewership and for it to be taken away from AEW and for that to be a head-to-head battle it's sort of tough to see uh, I was a little once as I mentioned I was a little hesitant to bring up Tuesday Night NXT given the fact that it was just a rumor at the time but now that it's official here's what an average week of pro wrestling looks like I just want to help you wrap your mind around this Mondays have WWE Raw and AEW Dark Elevation Tuesdays will now be WWE NXT AEW Dark, and then NWA Power, which is a, a great show if you have a chance to watch that. That's on YouTube, so it's not like it's going head-to-head with anything like that. Wednesday is AEW Dynamite and MLW Fusion. Thursday, Impact Wrestling and WWE NXT UK. And Friday, WWE SmackDown, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, and Ring of Honor, depending on when it airs for you, can land anywhere in the week. Some, usually I watch that Ring of Honor on Mondays. So that, that's usually when I get it. And then Saturdays and Sundays are set for pay-per-views. That's a lot of pro wrestling if you decide to sit down and watch all of that. Uh, personally, I, I do watch most of those shows. But on this podcast, as you know, I will be covering Raw, NXT, Dynamite, Impact, and SmackDown. So those are the major shows for each of those days, and that's what I will be covering. Uh, I used to do for Wednesday nights, and what you, what you would listen to on Thursday mornings, I would cover... Uh, NXT and AEW, even, but I felt like I had the had to do that because given this the Wednesday Night Wars, the you know Wednesday for professional wrestling in at least in the past few years has been like Sundays for professional football for the NFL. So it, it it's sort of that same type of idea where you sort of have to talk about everything because all of it's so important. But now since they're on two separate nights, I get to have more segments like these where I talk to people about what I want to talk to talk about. So uh, looking. At the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, this is probably the best thing. I wouldn't say the end of it. But the, the actual Wednesday Night War. Is the best thing to happen to professional wrestling. In a very very long time. Uh, the head honcho in the WWE. Saw finally some legitimate competition. From a legitimate pro wrestling promotion. With the money, talent and willpower to compete. I know mean, We've seen Impact try to do it. You know, Even try to go head to head with Monday Night Raw. Just something that was not going to bode well for them. As they lost, end up losing money. And losing a lot of viewership because of that. Uh, although the Wednesday Night War is over. AEW has won on that front. I also will say that as well. Uh, you could argue against me, even though NXT might have been putting on better shows or a you know what what whatever metric you want to look at. And AEW won in the demographic, and then even towards the end had a great hold on ratings as well. And no matter what the numbers say, you can talk about any number you want. You can talk about any metric, any rating, any viewership, whatever, any any match a grade. You know, all oh, these had more five star matches, whatever, whatever. Uh, no matter what you want to look at, who is the show that's still on Wednesday nights? It's AEW. It's not NXT. Thus, who lost NXT? They had to move to Tuesdays. Were there other factors involved that probably helped them make that decision? Sure. But at the end of the day, in, in a two-year-long battle, it seems like a year-and-a-half-long battle of two shows going head-to-head on Wednesday nights, the show that ended up on top on Wednesday nights is AEW. That, that is the fact of the matter there. And I go to bat for WWE all the time. And even, even when they have a bad episode of Raw, I try to find the best things to come from it, even though there might not be many. But it, it, it's tough for me to argue, say, that NXT was the victor in this or, or is in a better position because of it. Maybe they are because now they're going to get some ratings 
ratings back on Tuesday nights, but you, you look at what simple as day. Who is the show that's still on Wednesday nights? It's AEW. And although the Wednesday Night War is over, we might need to redub it a battle as this has become so much more than just two shows facing off head-to-head. AEW did something unprecedented by opening the Forbidden Door, as it's been dubbed, allowing talent from other promotions to appear on their major pro wrestling program in AEW Dynamite to directly build themselves connections for the future in a battle against the WWE, building connections with New Japan, building connections with Impact, building connections with NWA. So... You build these connections, and when someone's contract is up, they're going to ask, oh, you know, well, who gave me a chance? Who gave me a chance uh, to, to, to wrestle on a major uh, promotion? And it, it's always going to be AEW because NXT and, and WWE, they just don't do that. They don't, they're not going to bring you and put you on television unless you're under WWE contract. The, and that's the way the WWE rolls. We've understood that for a very long time. Everything is quote unquote. I want to say closed door, but it's def- the forbidden door has definitely been closed, locked shut, dead bolted, barricaded up. We haven't seen a forbidden door move in a long time. And uh, f- if a forbidden door move quote unquote does happen, it's because they're under contract. They're signed. The signed, sealed, delivered. You know, it's they're coming through a different door. They're coming through a door of free agency and not really a door of uh, generosity of like, oh, uh, you're a great talent. Come perform on on our show for for this episode and for maybe two or three episodes and that's it you know like AEW is giving these people that deserving of being on a grand stage these opportunities and uh, wwe just doesn't do that and you could respect that and you could say you know they only want the quote-unquote best that they can find and they want to build their own homegrown talent if you will they want to build it for themselves but i don't think that that's going to be the smartest idea moving forward especially given the fact that who AEW has uh, aligned themselves with with new japan with some of the greatest talent in the world with impact which has some star value within itself and with nwa which is uh, could be a breeding ground for AEW talent as well so as AEW is doing everything in the right direction, and uh, you know, when you look, you know, they're building connections for themselves in the future. WWE not doing that same thing. We could watch this Wednesday Night War slowly, slowly but surely turn itself into a world war, a world war of the promotions, where it's pretty much going to be AEW and the rest of the squad of Impact and New Japan and NWA and all all the shows I mentioned versus the WWE, WWE versus the world at this point. And uh, it's gonna only the only person that really benefits, and I just want to make sure you all understand this. As you know, I talk about all this drama building and everything like that. Who does this benefit? It benefits the fans. It's gonna benefit us because we get to talk about professional wrestling every day, and note that we're in a moment of history where uh, a, a WWE. I wouldn't say it's on its heels, but AEW is running pretty fast, and they're running with a whole lot of steam and a whole lot of weight with them, given the fact that. They, they built themselves a, a great connection uh, with uh, with Impact and with New Japan to be able to go head-to-head with this WWE stuff, you know? And I think no matter what's going to happen going forward, whether it is WWE that finds themselves on top, whether it's AEW, it's definitely going to be a battle for the next few years. And there's no better time to get into professional wrestling and watch more than one show. You know, I know growing up as a kid, I kind of refused to watch anything else other than WWE. But now, I've, I've opened my horizons to, to the world in the past few years and realized that, wow, there's a lot more professional wrestling out there than when I was when I was 8 years old. Now, you know, in my in my late teens, I'm uh, 19 years old. I'm looking at the rest of this professional wrestling landscape and saying, "Wow, we have something to really hold on to here." 
uh, especially with how everything looks uh, on WWE sometimes, especially after a bad episode of Raw. You know you might see a really good impact coming up. You might see a really good AEW coming up. You don't have to wait a whole nother week to hope for another good episode of Raw. And, <laughs> and as a kid, I think you're able to swallow that because you don't know. You just don't know. But now you know, and especially as more jaded as we get, as more involved we get into knowing the minutiae behind professional wrestling in today's day and age and era there's no better time to be a professional wrestling fan because all we can do is hold on hope for the best and enjoy the shows that they're going to put on for us each week and every day it seems like as i mentioned monday to friday there's a big show going on you know and thursday nights used to be the rest day for me but nope now impact's there and, and impact's supposed to be doing big things on their own especially with kenny omega trying to win their world championship with odds are it's going to happen Looking on to our next episode, speaking of Impact Wrestling, uh, tonight is Impact. This is, I believe, the last Impact on Tuesday night, so very excited for that. But uh, you look at what is going to be on the card, James Storm versus Eric Young. This is Eric Young, you know, remember, pre-recorded, so you got to remember he's still going to be on shows for at least maybe this week, next two weeks. We'll see. And uh, he might not even be in in-ring action. He might continue to be on TV, but... Uh, you know, obviously with a cane or with a crutch or something like that or in a wheelchair. That would be a good gimmick for Violent Brothers not having him in a wheelchair. Why not that? But he'll take on uh, Eric Young, James Storm. Uh, this is going to be James Storm's 1,000th match on Impact, so congratulations to him. Larry D versus Sammy Callahan, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton taking on Josh Alexander and TJP. And Suicide, haven't seen Suicide in a while, taking on Brian Myers. That's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDE20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBecker. TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.